Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey everyone, what's up? It's another episode of Cinematics. This is episode number 197. We have a lot of things to do. I look at the intro right now. It says announce Patreon pick and poll. We're going to get to that in a second. The year is 1999. Bruce and Eric will be talking about that. that there's a, a new thing called Cinematics Plus, which I'm getting the kinks done. And it's a, sort of a subscription service. It's only 99 cents per month if you download us on Apple Podcasts. That's a way for you for 99 cents a month or only $10 a year. First month is free. It's a great way to support all three of us. Actually, all four of us. Anderson will always get a cut from Cinematics. It'll be a great way for to support all four of us for Cinematics Plus. We'll I'll talk more about it next week, but it's right now up. If you download us on Apple Podcasts and you see a little advertisement that says 99 cents, click it support us because you know what? You're going to get our bonus episode of Cinematics every month that we put out for Patreon. Video and audio we put out for Patreon, but we're going to give you guys for the Cinematics Plus members on Apple Podcasts for 99 cents a month. You're going to get that bonus episode, but again, the first month you can try for free. So it's good. Well, Eric, does Eric Holmes, co-host, does that sound like a good, good uh, deal? Cinematics Plus? What do you think? Yes. 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 It's okay. You paint something else? <laughs> you, uh, uh, what did you say? Or I, I, I forget. I, $1.99. You're, you're just jacking up the price. It's only 99 oh, that, cents per month. Oh, 99 cents. Well, that, you, that, you, that's like half price. That's half off. Definitely almost half off, like <laughs> maybe 51% off. So that is like 99. So we're going to get to the Cinematics Plus maybe a little bit more next week. But again, for a lot of you, download our podcast via Apple Podcasts. So check it out. Click on it. Yeah, check it out for uh, the first month. See what you think. Bruce, I'm also joined along with Eric Holmes with Bruce Perky. He's going to be covering a lot of movies with Eric Holmes. He's going to talk about the 1999 Patreon stuff right now. What oh, yes. You, what is, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> what do you want to say about the Patreon? Bruce? So I was tasked with coming up of, with one of the two movies from 1999 because the way we're going to start doing it at this point, we don't know if it'll stay this way, but we think this is a good way to go about it, is every month that we will have one of us rotate and pick a movie from the given year. This time it's going to be mine for 1999. And then the other pick for that year will come from our Patreon listeners. We are going to put a poll up, what, this week? And then for the next couple weeks. Is that right? Two weeks there, Greg? We're going to do... Here's the uh, thing. Mitch Burns is doing all our work for us. He is our new Patreon oh, no. member. Mitch Burns from the Hollywood Persona and the Film Walters, a fellow podcaster, a fellow brothers in arms or arms, arms. Mitch Burns, thank you for joining us on Patreon. He's actually come up with a list of, I think, 20 movies from 1999 that he hasn't seen. I think one of them is Magnolia. So we're going to put up a bunch of polls from all our socials, for, from our Twitter, from our Instagram. And within about a week, hopefully we'll have about 50 to 70 movies to pick from 1999. The voting will not go to our people in our Facebook group, not not to people in our Twitter or Instagram. The final vote, the voters will be on our Patreon feed. All I think there's about 38 or 39 of them, including Mitch Burns and Peter Beta and Grant Boss and a whole bunch of people. Diana Vandekamp. We love our patrons over at Cinematics. But but who knows? Maybe in about a month and a half or a month, we'll open it up to different people as well. But for now. The first vote for 1999, there's going to be one movie. We're going to put a vote to it in about a couple of weeks, and hopefully there will be some Patreon patron participation for 1999. But to answer your question, Bruce, I think we should have the poll done by 
possibly next week for 1999. Thanks to Mitch Burns. You have about 20, again, like 20 picks for 1999. It's up for discussion with the other movies that we should vote for. And we'll, you guys, Bruce and Eric, you guys are going to fish on our Cinemax Facebook group and get some members to pick some 1999 films. It's going to be interesting. We're going to build up our Cinematics Patreon community. We're going to build up our Cinematics Plus community. And Greg Srizavasi is going to leave the show right now. And I'm going to hand it over the reins to Eric Holmes <laughs> and Bruce Perky. This is going to be a twosome for most of it. What do you think, Eric? You think you're going to do it? You're going to be okay with you and Bruce? T for yes. two? Super T? Um, for that? Greg? Yes. Do, do, do we need to send the uh no do we, do we need to send someone over to help you out because is this a a, a a weird way of saying someone's in the house they're trying to kill me okay blink once if you're safe blink, blink. blink twice if this is legit candy man candy man i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say candy man a third time that's what i'm gonna say there's gonna be movies that bruce and eric are gonna are gonna cover the lesson Dead Man's Hand. Uh-oh, Dead Man's Hand is dead because I'm not going to be around for the podcast. I'll talk to you guys later about Dead Man's Hand. There's going to be a film called The Tank. It's on digital DVD and Blu-ray this week from Wellgo USA Entertainment. Thank you, Wellgo USA Entertainment, for continuing to supply us with product to supply our Cinematics Universe members and people out there who are into Blu-rays and DVDs. Thank you, Wellgo USA Entertainment. I hope to goodness that either Bruce and Eric enjoy the tank because if if none of them enjoy the tank, we might as well tank our relationship with Wellgo USA Entertainment. Hashtag Greg's a sellout. I'm kidding. Biosphere is is also a movie that ooh, I wish I got to interview to review that with Eric and Bruce. Yeah, that's gonna be a movie that I wonder what they're thinking about it. I'm gonna check in and out around the, the episode now and again. So you're gonna kind of I don't know. I might show up. I might not. I, I'll put on the headphones, but I'm checking there. there there are people around the house right now, and I want to make sure everything's all good and safe. Okay. So, anything, final thoughts before you, Eric and Bruce, Bruce and Eric, before you take over the show, da da da, anything before final things? Two things. Uh, one is my pick for 1999, we didn't mention the pick that I have is, well, it was going to be Audition. And I thought, I don't want to do that to anybody. Anybody who doesn't want to watch Audition doesn't have to what watch do you mean Audition. To anyone, I think you mean for anyone. <laughs> so instead, I picked something I haven't seen, and I've heard it's great, and I like all the people involved, and that is something that doesn't seem like my kind of movie. But we will be watching Notting Hill. So Notting Hill is, is yeah. Bruce's choice. Wow, that's interesting. I, it's interesting because he didn't want to go niche. He was really focused on not picking audition because that would have been a Bruce Perky pick. He wanted yeah. to go sort of a Commonwealth pick, which is Notting Hill, a film, by the way, Bruce Perky, I would just say right now, out of all the movies in the world that were ever made, Notting Hill is the movie that I have seen the most. I've seen it probably about 10 or 15 times. Bruce Perky, you had me at hello. I'm just an Asian. <laughs> I'm just a 51-year-old Asian podcaster sitting here waiting for a 50-something fellow podcaster to love me. You don't know what that means because that's a reference to Notting Hill. And I hope you like Chagall. That's all I'm going to say. Tell us what you think of Notting Hill. And I don't know. Have you seen Notting Hill, Eric Holmes? I have not. And I'm hoping I will not be nodding off while watching. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. So, okay. We're off. Um, I'm off right now. I might be checking in and out. And that's what she said. I'm going to hide myself right now. Enjoy the cinematics episode with Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes and the spirit of Anderson Cowan. He's somewhere around here. I'll be right back. I'm going to hide myself on self. You, you guys go at it. Well, um, I guess the movies we got here are the lessons 
the tank biosphere as oh, we could read uh, dead man's hand real quick neither one of us has seen it but it comes out july 7th on demand and digital and dvd august 22nd i'll just read the thing uh greg has here real quick gunslinger rio gunslinger reno is headed west for a quiet life with his new bride but when their stagecoach is ambushed, he kills an outlaw in self-defense. In a nearby town, Reno learns that a man that he slayed is the brother of a corrupt mayor bishop, played by Stephen Dorff from Blade and other, who vows revenge after their card game turns into a bloody shootout. Who will be left standing? Cole Hauser from Yellowstone appears as a U.S. Marshal who becomes a Reno's ally in this pulse-pounding Western. Greg Serzavosti gives it four stars. But... <laughs> I do not give it four stars at all. He's still Hold here. I'm I thought still he was here. leaving. <laughs> I, I told you guys not to actually cover Dead Man's Hand. That's uh, hilarious. Four uh, I was going to say uh, what it is. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, it's coming out July 7th on Demand Digital. So if you want to check it out, there it is. Um, and, That's so uh, funny. Uh, like, but, if you leave the kids alone in the house, what's going to happen the minute you leave? We are going to start a party. That's just how it's going to okay. happen. Well, yeah. What did you say, Eric? I'm sorry. You were plugging it. It's When is it open? Uh, it saying. comes out July 7th on mm-hmm. demand and digital. By the time you hear this, it should be out now and on DVD August 22nd. But uh, we're not going to talk about that because uh, neither Bruce nor I have seen it. And, and I'm hiding myself gone. again. And I'm, I'm <laughs> gone right now. I'll, I'll be back later. Okay, see you guys. So uh, <laughs> I think we should call him Mr. McFeely. It's like <laughs> he it's just like that. You know, it's like it just shows up to Mr. Rogers neighborhood and just. <laughs> just delivers some quips and then he's out <laughs> oh goodness all right so we got we have the lesson we have the tank and we have biosphere all three of which both you and i have bruce and i have both seen bruce what should we start with do you think i think we should start with uh let's start with the tank that we got uh well you didn't get it but i got a blu-ray so when we talk about the tank at the very end i can bring up the uh features and whatnot that is with the actual physical media version oh, yeah. of the tank yeah, yeah, let's do that. You want to set up the yeah. tank or shall I? Go ahead. You're on the setup mode. Set up the tank really quick. Okay. The tank is now on digital DVD Blu-ray from Wellgo USA Entertainment. And that's all Greg wrote here. But basically, it's the husband and wife and their kid. Uh, they they buy a piece of property or land that they, they move into this piece of property or land. And there's a uh, like a water well or a tank air quote tank in the background or in Mm -hmm. the backyard there's trouble afoot when they go exploring the tank after about i'd say the half hour mark it starts to become a horror kind of creature feature thing uh not unlike unwelcome uh in fact the house that they were in that you know had that little hobbit door around like all the all the grass it kind of it kind of had uh unwelcome vibes this isn't quite as fun because there's no red caps or gremlins that pop up but as a creature feature, I didn't hate this one too much. This was kind of like uh, right down the middle, like, hey, I want to go to a movie theater and watch a, a silly horror movie. This will probably this will probably scratch that itch. What do you think, Bruce? Yeah, I think so. Um, first of all, like, I think one thing that was interesting about this movie in, in a way was that I found it to be kind of a real throwback sort of a horror movie like this didn't even try to be modern style horror movie. It, 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 yeah. it was fine having that slow burn. It was fine giving you this basic setup that you kind of understand. And it was supposed to be a period piece too, right? It's supposed to take place in like 79, I think. Yeah, 79, 78, somewhere around there. If you kind of like that kind of movie, you're going to feel probably really comforted by that because it's just 
what you're used to seeing as far as, you know, family goes out to inherited house. This could easily be a haunted house movie, right? You know, yeah. inherited house, they get there. They don't know why it's there, you know, how they got it. It's been a mystery that they knew nothing about it. And then slowly strange things start to happen. And in this case, monstery things start to happen. And the fact that they have this giant water tank that basically is under the entire house is odd, but apparently, uh, I guess it's a thing. I lived in Oregon for a while, but I never saw that before. I guess to me, and I'll see what you think about this, but this movie kind of lives or dies on how much you like the monster because you're kind of waiting the whole time. Like, okay, let's get to the monster. Where's the monster at? <laughs> Cause the family is just the family. They're fine. They don't do anything too special, good or bad. Uh, and there's some definite expo- expositionary moments, you know, they, they find a diary, which I have to say a funny thing about the diary. They find a diary that tells a story of things that happened there and kind of increases the mystery. I guess on the plus side, I loved the fact that I think all of the monster effects are practical. I don't didn't look like there's or maybe very little CGI. It looked like it was mostly an actual uh, rubber monster. Um, yeah. Well, that, there's parts where it like opens its mouth or something, maybe. Yeah. Like, like if there's CGI, it's like probably touch up stuff, I imagine. Yeah, it might be enhancing it or, or making it a little more, like giving it more like you know, <laughs> fleshy motion, I guess I'll say. Because <laughs> <laughs> the inside the, of the mouth the, kind of rumbles. The glottal undulations. <laughs> there you go. Um, overall, it didn't. This didn't blow me away. I, I kind of. See, to me, you talk about Unwelcome, which was also on, I think, WellGo. Unwelcome was, like you said, similar. Like, it took a while to get to the monsters, but the monsters were so cool when they got there that you could almost forgive everything else if you weren't in the first half. I liked the first half of that one more than you did, but I really loved the monsters. In this one, the monster was fine. (laughs) It didn't blow me away or anything. I think what really threw me off on this one was the, the opening 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was stuff that could have been cut. It's like, just let, let's just, yeah. let, let's just get to the horror stuff. Cause if you're going to have like the, the family story, you need to kind of make it interesting. The, this just wasn't doing that for me, at least with right. unwelcome. Like I didn't like, un, like, I like the opening scene, the, uh, you know, the straw dogs esque scene at the beginning, but the whole movie, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not loving the, uh, husband character. And I just wanted to die, but that's kind of what the movie was going for. That was the point, you know, that's the thing they were talking about. And this is just like families doing family stuff. And let's just get to it. There's nothing interesting happening. It, it's got that, it's got that, that opening to hook you. And then it does the thing where it goes back and okay, now we got to do the boring stuff that we have to do. Here's a hint. You don't have to do it. We've right. seen movies before. We get it. Just jump right to, you know, get, you don't have to jump right to the monster, but get to the point a lot. Quicker, yeah. I think. Well, and the whole, like you said, because like the opening stuff, I know why it's there. For example, they show her working in a pet store and all this stuff. So she knows about like amphibious stuff. Right. But this, this, they're trying to give us reasons that she'll know about the monster when you kind of come across it. But the whole point is this movie is not afraid to give us straight up exposition when they need to. Yeah. So like like you said, there's no reason they couldn't literally this movie couldn't start with them just driving up to the house yeah. and saying to each other like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe your <laughs> your family had a house we knew nothing about. This is crazy. We just inherited or, it." <laughs> you know, something or, like that. Or or they go to the house 
Yeah, yeah. They, they, I mean, this is me rewriting it, but they go to the house. The daughter finds a little, hey, mom, look, the frog's sick. Oh, no, this is what you got to do. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Alligator. Yeah. <laughs> we, we get it. She knows how to deal with amphibians. She's right. a, a veterinarian or whatever, but she knows. And that's one scene, and you're off to the races. You don't need that opening 25 minutes to, to yep. get us there. And, you know, even when it when it gets to the horror stuff, there's a lot of stupid stuff in here. But this is kind of like a movie where I kind of forgive it. Once it gets in, into that mode, it's like, I know what time it is. I know what kind of movie this is now. And I'm just kind of kicking back and watching it. I didn't mind it. Yeah, I, I'm going to say about, I mean, this is one of those movies we talk about movies that are party movies. I wouldn't say this is a party movie, but this is definitely a movie like, Hey, it's on. I'm just hanging out. Chill evening. I would, I would enjoy watching this movie. I wouldn't yeah. feel angry at it. You know what I mean? And I, and I kind of like monster movies and I especially like old school monster movies. So to see something that's a little bit of a throwback, I, I appreciate that. So yeah. So th- what would th- you grade it? I, I think, well, real quick, I think there's one scene in particular that kind of uh, encapsulates what the monster portion of this is, is, uh, oh, no, the thing's outside. Get get to the car. We can't <laughs> go upstairs. I'll go downstairs yes. to a 15 minute and crawl through the tank for 15 minutes and do this because there's no time to get to a car. <laughs> it's like there's no. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It, well, it, I, it, the the plotting there is just completely ridiculous. But I mean, that's kind of the stuff. If that's the kind of thing that you can watch in a horror movie and go, yeah, okay, it, it's stupid, but that this is what makes the movie go, I'm fine with it. Then you'll be all yes. right. Yes, this is definitely a, if you can't forgive it, then you will hate it. And yeah. I sometimes have that problem with movies. And sometimes I don't. I think when a movie like this kind of knows what it is, I don't usually have a problem with it. And I was going to mention one other thing that was kind of similar to that, that I thought was this preposterous, but I loved it was uh, at one point they uh, are reading the, the diary. And of course, the diary is there to tell you, you know, what happened or to give you a clue like, oh, what's going to happen? Because obviously this happened before and it got in the diary. And at one point, the diary, literally in the diary, it says, run. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, you don't write in a diary to tell somebody to run 30 years it, in the future. <laughs> it, and if you're writing it and it's that, you know. <laughs> you don't have time to run. Right, yeah, run. you don't have... Uh, I have just enough time to write this before I do it because it's yeah, yeah it's, and I kind of I kind of like that. I almost wish it could have could have leaned into that kind of stuff a little bit more. And almost, I mean, the monster looks kind of goofy, but I didn't really mind it. And I kind of wish, I, I, okay, I feel like, and we can go to the next movie in a minute, rate this and go. But I feel like this kind of movie, like they make their monster, but they don't hundred percent believe in it because it's kind of a hokey monster monster. But you almost have to believe in it and let it be its thing and just go with it and have fun with it. Because if you're going to also kind of not really show it 100% and kind of not, you know, commit to it, then you're not giving us everything you could. Is what I think. So yeah, and and the you know the fight with uh you know the mom and the monster was kind of that I I like that. I mean, there's stuff to like in this, but also that this is going to be one of those movies that. So some of you are watching go, why did you make me watch this? This is so stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It is dumb. It is stupid, but it's also kind of fun. And, you know, I, I had a good time with it. I, I'd probably get this wouldn't quite be a three star banger, but it's definitely three stars. A mild recommend, That's I think exactly what I was going to rate it. Just three stars. And I couldn't call it a three star banger either. But for the same exact reasons, this is one of those movies like, you know, if you kind of like this sort of movie and if you do, yeah. you'll be OK with it. And if this you one, don't. This, <laughs> this would actually be a movie I would like to see Jack Fitzpatrick review. 
Because yeah. it seems like this might be up his alley. I don't know if yeah. he'll, he'll he'll probably watch it and go, "What the hell are you guys talking about? I hate this movie." <laughs> he might. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll watch it and he'll love it. I don't know. But this seems like a movie more up his alley than ours. But I yeah. I still enjoyed it for kind of what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So we agree totally on that. Three stars. Last little thing I'll just mention uh, on the Blu-ray itself. The Blu-ray looks good. And I'm always happy to see, especially when a lower budget movie like this gets a Blu-ray, which is pretty rare. And that's one thing I appreciate about WellGo versus like Shudder. I appreciate that Shudder will release a lot of its stuff on DVD, which is great, but it only releases its stuff on DVD. At least it's out there kudos but i like the fact that well Wellgo puts them on uh, blu-ray usually and there are a couple little things in here not much features it just has a little making of the monster thing and you do get to see that it is mostly a real rubber monster and how they oh. you know it's a person in a suit and how they have a head and they made it and all that stuff which is cool and then there's a little featurette just about the movie in general so it really is the making of the monster stuff which is the best and once again it i could have used more of that I understand why they don't go too crazy on it, but it's kind of cool. If you watch the movie and you dug it, you'd be interested in seeing the monster itself a little bit more. So that's in here. What what are all the features on there? Because I I noticed like like when DVD came out that they had the movie and then they had like a a whole like slew of features. And then when Blu-ray came out, it's like, well, we can't put features on DVDs. There's not enough space. I'm like, you literally. You yeah, literally used to have hours of it. And now you just don't do it. But then exactly. And then when 4Ks came out, they kind of, I noticed they stopped doing that on Blu-rays as well. Are are there any? There isn't much, not much on here. It's just bonus features include uh, uh, a look, they call it a look into the tank, which is just like a short little featurette about the making of the movie, probably yeah. maybe seven, eight minutes. And then there's a little making of the creature and a trailer. That's it. So not All much. Right. Right. But uh, I agree. I remember when I first was getting DVDs, you get like checks of chainsaw massacre, be like three commentaries and all this behind the scenes footage and photos and all this stuff. So, well, that's the tank. Uh, now it's on digital DVD and Blu-ray from logo USA entertainment. Uh, next two we have is the lesson in biosphere. I kind of want to save biosphere for last because the, not to show my hand, but kind of saving the best for last. Where, where are your kind of thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of equal on that, the lesson and biosphere. So I can right. pick whichever one you want. I'm good either way. All right. Well, let's go with the lesson and theaters, July 7th, Liam played by Daryl McCormick. I'm reading Greg's uh, thing here again. Uh, Liam played by Daryl McCormick, an aspiring and ambitious young writer, eagerly accepts a touring position at the family estate of his idol, renowned author J.M. Sinclair played by Academy Award nominee Richard E. Grant. But soon, Liam realizes that he's ensnared in a web of family secrets, resentment, and retribution. Sinclair, his wife Helene, played by Academy Award winner nominee Julie Delpy, and their son Bertie, Stephen McMillan, all around a dark dark past, one that threatens Liam's future as well as their own. As alliance between master and protege blur, class, ambition, and betrayal become a dangerous combination in this taut noir thriller. That was not the movie I saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you go first. What do you think of it? So there's um, there's some stuff that kind of bugged me about the lesson. But the as the movie went along, the stuff that bugged me about it, I think, was kind of the point. And th- this goes back to what we were talking about with uh, Unwelcome. You know, the, the main guy... The the husband was like just a complete you know uh, coward and uh, annoying, but that was the point of the movie. This you know the author James Sinclair, 
Richard E. Grant's character, like his, actually all the characters in this, the way they approach art and writing, they're so far up their own butts that, oh, I'll never be a writer. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 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 Like, uh, I, I, I don't know Tolstoy the way you know Tolstoy. He'll never be a writer. <laughs> like, that's. <laughs> That's not how you do it, but whatever. And then come to find out that I think this movie was kind of more of an indictment on stuff like that. And I I kind of went back and forth between. I couldn't tell if the movie was saying, hey, that's that's the way you appreciate art. Or if it's an indictment on people that treat art that way. Kind of uh, put up roadblocks or uh, barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess we should say, so uh, you kind of mentioned it in in the, the walk in on it. I kind of saw it as, so you, you saw Tar, right? No. Okay. Well, it's hard to describe if you haven't seen Tar, but the, Tar is about someone that's really like uppity about their art and like very, very influential and powerful and kind of how they abuse people around them based on their kind of notoriety and, and being the expert or the best in their field or that kind of a thing. Right. And this movie, I feel like, I feel like it isn't even as heady as you made it. Like you were kind of seeing it to be. I think that it 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 has all those trappings that you're talking about, like these annoying, pompous, you know, artist writers, and they're all just abusing each other in various ways, and 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 like talking down to everybody that they don't think is up to their level, and all that kind of stuff, and abusing their own family, you know, with uh, Richard E. Grant character. But at its core, it's a kind of a pulp crime thriller in some ways, yeah. like, and I think that's that's the thing that kind of shined through for me. Is that when all was said and done, all the characters actually had petty motives. And it ended up being more of a noiry, twisty kind of um, who will backstab the other person the most effectively when it's all said and done. That's kind of what it ended up being for me. And I kind yeah. of enjoyed that aspect of it a lot. Once, yeah, so once, I, I, once I kind of sunk into that, I enjoyed that a lot. I did get a lot of that towards the end. Because the end definitely, you know, now that I think of it, the end definitely gets that noir thing. I kind of wish the whole movie was the end. Like the end was the beginning of the movie, and then it went back and and tried to piece together what led there, which I guess is exactly what the movie did. You're just watching it. You just don't know what the end is yet until it gets there. See, I kind of felt that it was doing that all the way along. And I don't know if that's just maybe because I kind of tapped into its vibe and and it worked for me in that way more than it did for you. Because things like this, for example, so you've got the basic setup, right? You have this guy being brought in to tutor, essentially to tutor their kid to make him to get into the, you know, Oxford and just be as successful as possible and to make sure he succeeds. And, you know, this young guy is going to stay at their house and to be the tutor for the whole time. But, you know, very quickly, you know, he has this little, his room where he's writing and he's immediately trying to compete. Like he's looking across the way at the window and he can see the old man writing who is his, he idolizes and he's seeing that the old man's writing all night and he has to keep trying to write all night too. And he can't make, keep up with him. And he falls asleep, and the young guy falls asleep. And then, you know, a few nights later, he's looking across the way and he sees the old man going down and servicing the old, older Julie Delpy, <laughs> you know, Julia. And you're like, giving her 6.9 stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, at first you're like, okay, he's kind of voyeuristic and he's kind of watching this and he's kind of trying to imagine himself as part of their life and being that sort of a successful, you know, upper crust writer type. But then, you know, obviously she looks over at him and lets him know that she's watching him watch. And I'm like, okay, this is getting really pulpy now. So I think there's a lot of little things like that that let me know this is 
kind of going to be pulpy. And, you know, in the fact that he has like basically a murder board up in his, uh, in his room, <laughs> the young guy, where he's basically writing down all the things that's happening around this house when he's watching these people. I suspect, I like this a fair amount. I didn't love it, but I liked it quite a bit. It was, I enjoyed it. I suspect, and this will be just a fun little game. I think Greg might love this movie. I, yeah, I could see that happening. Greg? For the reasons I'm talking about. Greg, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's still off camera or not. But anyway, I, I kind yeah, of hijacked you. This, you could talk some more on that, but no, no, this definitely feels like a Greg movie. Uh, and I did kind of like, like as the movie went along, like earlier on, I was like, oh man, I cannot, I cannot do this. I'm not. I'm, this is not my movie at all. But as it went, <laughs> as it went along, and it started kind of my mind started the hamster in my yeah. head started running around on its wheel started kind of getting ideas about it and I started liking it a lot more. And I really liked the ending a lot. The, uh, you know, it was, uh, not quite a, I, I don't really want to say much about the ending cause you know, it's not out yet, but Let's it kind of, it, gets- it kind of went in directions I wasn't expecting, but it didn't come out of left field. It, it's like the, yeah. the, the ending that after you watch it go, yes, that's the only ending it could possibly be. But it's not, you know, it's not obvious like when it happens. And I think that that's the stuff that either will lose people or pull people in a bit more. Like I could see some people going like, oh, man, this is going to go this way. The people that want it to be just the literary art house kind of discussion of class and stuff are going to probably not like the somewhat pulpier ending which I, I enjoyed it a lot too. Yeah. There is one thing and I won't talk about it because it would be spoilers, but if we do a spoiler section with Greg later, which we might, there's one other possible twist that I thought was going to come in the end that did not come in the end. And I'd be really curious to hear if that twist would make any sense to you. And if you would like that twist or if I'm just crazy. Anyway, we'll leave that as a teaser. Yeah. If we end up doing it, if we don't, it'll be lost in the cosmos. <laughs> that, that works for me. Uh, I guess uh, what, what are we giving it or what are you giving it? Um, I think I come down at four stars on this one for a little different reason than you. It didn't quite go all the way to to four and a half or five, but I I really had a pretty darn good time watching this movie overall. Yeah, I'll I'll probably go three and a half on this. It's just not my kind of movie, but it's that that extra point five is the ending where as the movie went along, it kind of kicked up a notch. And who knows, maybe after we start talking about this more in spoilers, it'll kind of give me a better appreciation of because I I don't I don't know Tolstoy, Bruce, and I can't yes. watch the lesson correctly. <laughs> well, and it definitely it like up the stakes, which I think is something you probably responded to, like. Yeah. You know, where the stakes are just like, is he going to write the great American novel kind of a thing? And it's just like, uh. (laughs) Early on when he was given the, you know, he's this big renowned author. And he's like, you know, the greatest, uh, greatest authors steal. (laughs) Like he just came up with it. And it's like, dude, that's writing 101. Everyone knows that thing. And it's, you know, what I mean, it's still plagiarism. And actually they, they they do, uh, they do address plagiarism in this. Mm-hmm. plagiarism and ghostwriting this would be uh we should definitely talk about this more with uh greg at some point but uh yeah three and a half um i think and also i got a and maybe you can speak to this i got a bergman island feel about this very early on and that part of the reason why what pushed me away from it does this because you and greg both like bergman island i hated bergman island does this match anywhere along with that for you i could or? see if it no <laughs> so if it were bergman island it would have just stayed the first half hour of the whole movie basically i think okay. that's what would have happened because it wouldn't have gone to these kind of places so yeah i can see 
how, yeah, no, I would say it's not the same as Bergman Island all the way through, but the beginning part, I can kind of definitely get that where it's all about art and the artist and it's very like slow paced and kind of just sitting in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Early on, this was all Bergman Island for me. And I'm like, uh, I'm not liking this, (laughs) but the lesson learned was stick with it because the ending is pretty fantastic in this. So the last one, last but not least, um, of our features anyway, is Biosphere. In the not too distant future, Billy, played by Mark Duplass, and Ray, played by the great Sterling K. Brown. Has Sterling K. Brown ever not been awesome? The uh, answer is not no. Not that I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, it's a rhetorical question. Uh, it could have been either one. Uh, but uh, Billy and Ray are lifelong best friends, brothers from another mother. They also happen to be the last two men on Earth. You know what? I'm just going to stop there. How far into this do you want to go? See, that's the question I had the minute something happened in this movie. I really had a question about how much we should give away. I don't think we should give away the early twist. I don't think we should, because that is such a nice and fun surprise when that happens. It is, but also that, and uh, 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 anyone listening, I apologize that we're being so annoying about this, but this is kind of, this is kind of one of the weird things about like reviewing a movie that's not out yet. Like, you want to have you want to give people that uh, chance to discover the movie the way we did. Yeah, you know, we I, I had no idea what biosphere was. It was like, is this biodome too? I I don't yeah, know. Same. <laughs> I have no idea. By the way, not at all. But there's so many things, and what happens after that early twist is actually entirely what this movie is about. That's true. So you kind of got to talk about it, but at the same time, I don't so- want to. So let's do this. Let's talk about the like what there is to like about the style and the presentation first, yeah. and then we'll say, "Hey, heads up, we're going to talk about something that pretty major that happens in the first, probably the first what twenty minutes, twenty five yeah. minutes." Yeah. So, and then the movie is really about it, so it doesn't really spoil the movie, but it definitely will give you some information. So, first thing I would say is, with a movie like this, it, it's like a COVID movie, probably because it's two people, two yeah. people in an isolated place. Some to fish. me, this is definitely well. Yeah, there's a lot of fish. <laughs> well, some fish, then more fish in a you know enclosed space. This is basically a biodome after the apocalypse of some sort. We don't know what. You can't even see out the windows. It's just like black. But I think what you'll either like or not like about this is that right out of the gate is the banter and the like energy with these two guys. And I think that's the thing that could have killed this movie if you did not have a great energy and camaraderie and and um, chemistry between uh, Mark Duplass and uh, Sterling K. Brown. For me, they just immediately like bounced off the screen. And I was like, okay, I just want to listen to these guys and watch these guys because they're fun to be in the world with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I got the same uh, chemistry between them, which comes in uh, later. It is, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those movies that kind of live and die on the, the, you know, when you have uh, a movie that's just set in one location the entire time and you only have two characters, like, if you don't like those two characters, you don't have a movie. Not that the characters have to be like, well, all that stuff. But, like, you, they have to be engaging enough that, yes, I want to see what these two characters do throughout the rest of, you know, the remainder of the story. And they bounce off each other well. It's it's funny and not getting into what happens later. But, you know, it gets really, uh, really dramatic. It, it, this is like a really good uh, mix of drama and comedy, I think. Uh, it's got a it's got a little bit of everything. And mystery beyond this part that we haven't talked about yet. I suppose I can talk about this. There's a little green light that they see. 
Mm-hmm. And every time they look out the window, the little green light gets bigger and bigger. And you don't find out what it is till the very end. But like just them constantly going back to that green light, like, what is that? What? <laughs> like, yeah. the, and we yeah. don't know either. Like, they're, we're not let in. We're just like, uh, is it a comet? Is it a, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, th- yeah, their their relationship is uh, really sweet, makes you think a lot, and it's funny a, a lot of times. And th- this is also a really good example of uh, they get to the, they get to the point pretty much right away, like the yes. the like we're not doing. <laughs> yes, so we <laughs> but, should probably get to the point now, right? Like, all right. So, but it, um, re- real quick, I would just. Get, Right away, I just want to give this movie five stars because I really kind of love where it goes. I love what it says, and it's very entertaining to watch. Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown are great in it, and just all that's all the surface level stuff. And then we'll get into more later. What What are you thinking? Yes, I'm I'm four and a half stars, so I'm really close to you. I thought that they're like I said before. I think their chemistry is amazing. I liked kind of where it went. Ooh, look, Mister McFeely's here. Hey, Mr. McFeely, what are you bringing us? We got another fish. (laughs) We have a third fish. (laughs) He's trying to talk to us. We can't hear him. He thinks we can hear him. He might have turned off his microphone. No, he's on mute. I'm back. I'm back. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we just uh, we just went over biosphere. We didn't go over the 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 early twist. Uh, just mm. kind of giving general thoughts, and we're giving our rating before we get into the until you figure out what their relationship is. But what what were you thinking about? I think the big twist for biosphere is it's actually a good movie. Is it? Is it? Or is that a twist? <laughs> it's not it's a, a twist. That's is that not a twist. <laughs> the biosphere. Okay. Are you getting into the ratings right now for bio? Did you get to the lesson already? You got to the lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we can we can go back to that. You know, this is no, know. no. We're not going to go back to that. I'm just, I'm just, you know. So I'm just popping in right now, and uh, you're so you're going to final read. I uh, just just uh, general thoughts before we get to what Mark Duplass and Sterling K. Brown's relationship is in Biosphere. Okay, all right. How far are you guys from the, the spoiler for the lesson? Uh, mean, we can do after, it after Biosphere. <laughs> after Bi- are you guys almost done with the show? Yeah, no, we haven't got to the recommendations <laughs> and stuff. No, we yeah. haven't done that. Oh, okay, so you got like another twenty five minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, 20, 20 something like that. Okay, I'm going to mute myself and love you guys. I'll be right back. <laughs> see you, Mr. Keely. Bring us some more mail. Right, Thank you. you. I'll see you guys. Okay, bye-bye. So, hey, guys, I'm back. You guys gave your star rating. I have no idea what, what stars you gave it. Bruce, how many stars did you give this movie? Uh, Biosphere? You have, to, you have to listen to the episode to find yes. out. Okay. <laughs> I gave it five. No, no, I gave it five. What's the flow? Oh, you know you what? Know what? I, I'm going to go to Google Docs. I actually gave it five stars. And I gave it four and a half. I, I give four and a half. And stars. <laughs> this was a missed opportunity. I changed my star rating 6.9 stars. <laughs> okay, so that is Biosphere. We cut a whole bunch of stuff, and I think maybe we'll use it for the spoilers for our Patreon because we were not, I think we were instructed by the the studios not to mention stuff, but it was covered. It was covered. So I'll probably cut it off for our, our Patreon feed. So that's Biosphere. That is a rating of four and a half. Yeah, you're right, Bruce. Eric, you gave it five. I'm giving it two stars. It just didn't work for me. Biosphere is a two-star film. It was just about a, it was a little bit too much of a misfire. It was just a lot of talky stuff. There's some good stuff in it. And uh, there there might be accusations regarding my, about, <laughs> about can't, stuff. Can't talk about but, it. Can't talk no, about I just, that. I can't talk about it. You know what? Actually, I'm not going to give it two stars. I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Thank you, Eric Holmes. Two and a half stars. Like slowly, like I wouldn't really recommend it. It's interesting, but I wouldn't recommend it. And the, the final moments to me just didn't work. I definitely, 
Yeah, I definitely saw all that stuff coming, oh. but it's just, can you believe, Bruce, can you believe, and guys, this is like my meanest re- mini review in, in forever. Bioscape, I thought you gave two, every two movie half. four stars. This is very strange. <laughs> very strange. So that is, that is Biosphere. I'm going to keep on letting you guys uh, talk and I'm, I'll be the third wheel. Keep on going. So what's next for you guys? Are you guys done? Are you guys done? With uh, we got that, uh, if you want to talk about Dead Man's Hand, I mean, we got the time. If you got no. the bandwidth. No, no, we're not going to talk about a dead man's hand. You guys, you guys. Oh my gosh, you didn't even get your recommendations yet. You get your recommendations? Yeah, we're just about to get there now. Okay, you chill, came chill. just in time. Hey, okay, hey, hey. cool, cool. That's uh, <laughs> Children of the Corn remake. Uh, Bruce Perkett streaming on Shutter. Your your thoughts on it? What, what, hold on, I'm going to really it's torpedo the show. What, Bruce? I can't hear you. masterpiece. <laughs> hey, Bruce, I know Eric and I have been clamoring about how uh, Eric Children of the Corn. Uh, remake was it good do you like it whatever it was yeah I, I liked it i think uh well we talked to earlier about um the tank mm-hmm. it kind of put i i like children of the corn a little bit more than the tank because children of the corn had a little more fun to it i can't remember yeah. what star rating i gave it but it'd probably be probably be on the same level as the tank i think but uh yeah, yeah. curious what bruce thinks of it i know i'm not curious i really love children of the corn it started uh <laughs> started one of our favorites who, who was that? elena caporis and I'm glad you liked it, Bruce. So next up is, I'm kidding, <laughs> Children of the Corn remake, Bruce. What do you think of it? It's a, it's a rewind, so I'm not going to go into all depths of it. Well, it's definitely one of the more ludicrous scripts I've, I've, I've <laughs> encountered for a long, long time. And there's some really, boy, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of bad stuff in here. But, but that's in my opinion. But I enjoyed it. This is one of those, uh, Boy, it's one of those that almost do like a one-star banger for me. And I've, it's hard for me to define what a one-star banger is. But like the uh, running in the woods for the uh, Naomi Watts one was a one-star banger for me. This is similar to one-star banger. Oh, it's it's yeah. a right. terrible story, very poorly written, horrible CGI, crazy idea for a monster, ridiculous scenes with the, <laughs> with the town hall where all the kids come in. We haven't voted yet. And then... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then that was, that was all the adults laugh at them like overly heartily. And then, but, but, but this movie, I don't think is trying to be cheesy. I think this is, a, this is a very sincere movie and it's sincerely amazing and hilarious by the way that it actually does things. Um, you might think it is supposed to be cheesy and that's great if it is. Uh, I didn't see its tongue in its cheek very much in this movie, but I actually had quite a bit of fun watching this and it was it was really enjoyable to watch. It was good. I can actually Tell me tell you watch movie is the desperate hour. Sorry, Eric. Holmes. The go. desperate hour. I, yeah. I can tell you because I did talk to Kurt Wim, Wimmer about this movie, and he he definitely uh, approached this with uh, not not really tongue in cheek, but like they were having fun with it, and yeah. that, that's kind of that's kind of the movie they were trying to make. And it. I do I do sense that too. Uh, it's like it isn't almost not self. It doesn't seem quite self aware enough to like fully pull that off, but. Um, I don't have any special love or or, or uh, reverence to the Children of the Corn series. So for me, yeah, do I. I mean, I had a pretty fun time watching it. So I'm going to probably say three stars. Okay, three stars. I, I love that. I love that you actually giving it a mild recommend. Three stars. I yeah. feel like such a horrible person for my two and a half stars <laughs> for Biosphere. You should. I, I was, yeah, that that just didn't even make sense. But um, yeah. I was, that's okay. I, I, you can listen to our conversation, and we'll just judge you from afar. <laughs> the reason why I did arms cross. I, I was Browse ready for Pharaoh. explain explain <laughs> yourself, young I man. Was, 
I was ready for that. I, it was my my opening salvo because I was expecting some really bad ratings for <laughs> Children of the Corn. So I struck back. Because, struck back too. Well, because if anyone that listens to this show knows, what we're all about is if you don't agree with us, then we will hate you. <laughs> okay, yes, we will definitely hate you. <laughs> now, you know what, Bruce? I think you were actually asking for some cinematics recommendations from our group members but they're not here on our google doc i'm sure they're not probably in a d- different doc we'll just cut do you have it in, in your notes about like the recommendations from um, our cinematic? i would have to go back and look at the actual um the actual post because i do not have it in front of me maybe while we're talking i can i can pull that up really quick no, it's okay and do it cinematics members bruce perky has forsaken you this episode we will be back and we will get some of your recommendations for next week you know what the one thing as far as please join our cinematics facebook group there's a lot being a, a lot a lot of pretty much a big kind of conversation about whether indiana jones and the dial of destiny is a horrible movie or if it's a good movie our fellow podcaster and actually journalist, Debbie Lynn Lias, she said she loved it. There's a whole bunch of people who really enjoyed it. Cole Haddon, one of my good buddies, he was just defending that movie to the hilt. But then there are other people who just said, oh, man, it really sucked. The CGI was horrible. So it's split down the middle as far as the lovers and the haters regarding Indiana Jones and the Dial of the Destiny. That was our big topic this week. So far this week on our Cinematics Facebook group. Eric Bruce, any kind of topics you picked up on within last week over on? Um, I can pick up. I've got all their comments if you'd like to hear them. Just uh, pick so. up a couple of the, the smart ones. Uh, even the, the smart like, ones on, well, the, on the, uh, the, the Greg Sruzavosti level ones. The one well, that was going to read all of them because otherwise someone well, going to feel like a. <laughs> Joseph Bridges uh, brought up what he watched in the last week, and I saw his whole comment on it. So if you are in, in cinematics, you need to go check it out because it sounds like an amazing movie, which I might have to check out myself. He uh, suggests that. He, Last week, the movie he thought was most impressive was Electric Dragon, 80,000 Volts. Mm, And it sounds like a crazy, crazy movie. And Mitch Burns, thank you, Mitch Burns, for helping us out. He recently saw, if you remember, we saw it too recently, The Abominable Dr. Fibes. Mm. And he quite loved it. And Peter Beta, who seems to be... Like class film classes. Yes, yes. He might hear his work here in just a moment. He seems to be really channeling his dad movie vibes lately after their they just recently reviewed uh, the original dirty harry but he suggests from 1996 broken arrow which is his favorite john woo movie so far and it mm. cool no oh, that where that came arrow. from and it cool i think so maybe john travolta i think john travolta and christian slater were in a boxing scene in broken arrow i remember watching it at a screening on the fox 20th century fox lot you know hashtag name dropping again but years ago and i i read the script I really loved it. And then I saw the movie. I ended up being very disappointed with this John Woo film. Maybe I need, I do need to probably see it once again. And maybe I, I have faith in Matt Stillman. Not Matt Stillman. I have faith in Matt Stillman, but I have faith in Peter Beta and his review of Broken Arrow. Okay. I wonder, so that is I, a, I wonder yeah. how many people forget that John Woo's an action director. Yeah, like, it, it sounds stupid for me to say that, but like people talk about the, the old John Woo Hong Kong movies. Like the the uh, the killer and all that stuff. Like he, he's like, a, oh, John Woo's his auteur and blah blah blah. So I think what people do is they get in their head that John Woo's like this this elevated master of blah blah blah, and he's just a really good action director. It sounds like I'm crapping on the on the art form. I'm not because I love action movies. I love Scott Atkins, but then when they watch like uh you know like Mission Impossible two, 
well, this isn't the elevated mastery of uh, th- this is nothing like Citizen Kane. I was like, that's not what John Woo is. <laughs> He's just a really good action director. Mission Impossible too, really good action movie. Like you're you're hmm. trying to put too much into it than what should be there. I wonder. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I really love the killer. I love a lot of his films, but yeah, he is a great, great action director. Now let us go to some, we're done. I think we're almost done with our recommendations. Are we done with our recommendations here? Bruce? Oh, wait, there's Megan, the the thing that dances, right? So yeah, you saw it, Bruce, on Peacock, right? Did you see it on Peacock or something? No, it's on Amazon now. Oh, it's on Amazon. Okay. So, so if you have Amazon, you can now watch uh, Megan. I had very low expectations with Megan. In fact, we kind of have a family tradition on Saturday nights. Let's watch a dumb silly weird big budget movie and that was out and i mean the kids watched it and i would say for the first two thirds megan is a really pretty great fun self-aware kind of half satire on you know ai and and just the the killer toy movies and all this stuff and it has a great attitude and and a whole lot of great fun in it. It isn't as gory as you would hope it maybe would be. And I think there's an unrated version. I don't think it changes it much, but even without the gore, I think it's a ton of fun. And uh, the only thing that I have knock against it is the, the final, I don't know, final act is a little bit by the books. It's kind of the, the battle between them is it, it doesn't kind of come to the level that the rest of the movie had going for it, but uh, it's a really fun character, really well played. And, um, I think, especially if you're a fan of the of the genre and um, you know child's play and all that kind of stuff, I think you would probably have a good time with Megan. It's 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 surprisingly fun uh, for me. Probably three and a half stars. I mean, it doesn't like vault into that next level, but this is like you know I say a movie goes down smooth. This is just like you're in the mood for junk food and you want the junk food to be as satisfying as junk food can be. This is kind of right there. Did you okay. see the first two Megans? Uh, yeah, I did. They weren't quite as good as Mithrigan, but Mithrigan <laughs> is great. It's funny. And, it's funny. oh, it's great. Like, in the first five minutes, they they reveal why it's called Mithrigan. So they get that <laughs> they get that out of the books. So it's, like, so it's like Leonard Part 6. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's almost as good as that. Minus, minus the rapist, obviously, but oh, of course. anyway. Yeah. yeah. So like Cosby is not a listener to cinematics, unfortunately. <laughs> so as, oh, before we get to Peter Beta and dropping that beat and whatnot, and me continuing to submarine and torpedo this, this program, I apologize guys for that. The lesson, I'm giving that four and a half stars, Eric Holmes, you can put that down four and a half stars for the lesson. I just thought it was a taught, well-executed thriller, very uh, character drama driven. I love the pacing of the film. The reason why it doesn't get the... Point five, the five star banger is, I think. I mean, I saw the ending coming a mile away. That's not too much of a big ding, but I wanted a little bit more of an explosive type of ending. There are explosive moments, but the final note was a little bit too obvious for me. But that's just a minor thing, minor quibble. But I, Ooh. I loved everything about it. I really loved everything about. We are going to do a quick spoiler lesson. on it, right? Yes, and we are going to do a quick spoiler on it exclusively for our Cinematics Patreon listeners. Right now, everything that we do on Cinematics for our spoilers, which with the talent and the actors and amongst the podcast talent, I just call this talent, me, <laughs> Bruce, and Eric. It's going to be Waldorf. Speak for yourself, Greg. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to speak for Eric and Bruce. They always call themselves the talent, and I'm not supposed to look at them look at them uh, straight in the eye. That's why I'm going sideways on this here. But every, no, time uh, every time I walk in a room, people are like, it stinks like talent in here. <laughs> exactly. So right now, as people, as our Patreon is still surviving for $5 a month, if you want some 
really good archival spoiler material, go to our Cinematics Patreon uh, as of now. So uh, hopefully this will be a long time. This is a new chapter. Me, Bruce, and Eric are carrying on the Anderson mantle for Patreon. And uh, what a way to start with that first pick with Notting Hill. Hopefully our second pick will be a good vote. I'm not bagging. Bagging is something that Gen X people used to use back in the 80s. I'm not bagging on Bruce Perky and his pick on Notting Hill, but I love it so much. I was just a little bit too... uh, I was surprised. I was taken aback. So it's it's weird. It's weird. It's kind of like me actually having scruples when I review a movie. It doesn't happen. So it's weird. It's weird with the whole thing. But not yes, Eric Holmes. And speaking of movies that came out in 1999. Yes. Oh, oh, scruples? What? What? No. Pete. Oh, Pete. Oh, Pete. Rock that 1999. Party and rock that beat like it's 1999. Remove your hand from the box and you die. What's in the box? Pain. Okay. I'm going to leave now. It's Mr. Death and the fall of Fred A. Loiter. I'm going to take a little bit of, I'm going to take a break. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Bruce, I said I, I wanted you to kick the can one more week so I could see it with you. Unfortunately, Eric actually knows my human nature that I don't see movies with anybody or I don't see movies, period. So Eric, thankfully, joined you on Mr. Death, the rise and fall of Fred A. Loiter. What can you tell, what can both of you guys tell our listeners about this Documentary. Well, this is a documentary by Errol Morris. And I think I'm curious um, for younger viewers of documentaries, how Errol Morris documentaries play, because at the time they were quite unusual, where they would have this kind of combination of uh, the normal things like the talking heads and, and archival footage, but they would also include reenactments and all these other things. And he kind of burst out of the box with, I think, Thin Blue Line, if I remember correctly. Yes. I think now they might play as a little more like conventional. I think this is kind of the way that things are just generally done from everything from TV to this. Anyway, this is about, as we said, (laughs) Fred A. Leuchter Jr. Why is he Mr. Death? Well, very quickly, we discover that he is responsible for, oh boy, this, this guy is a piece of work. He's responsible for, quote, improving the... Murder machines, <laughs> the execution machines for various states, and he starts out by uh, making sure that the uh, the electric chairs produce an effectively lethal dose in a humane way. Once again, quote, uh, <laughs> I see Eric might be on board with me with this. You know, you could think immediately of like if you've seen the Green Mile. Green Mile is the great way to think about how terrible electrocution by you know electric chair can be especially if it's done even slightly wrong uh how it can just basically cook a person and it's, it's horrible leuchter kind of presents himself as this humanitarian he, he doesn't want to have this kind of stuff happening at all but since it's going to happen he's going to make sure it's the best and once he becomes kind of the quote expert on you know upgrading and making effective electric chairs they in bring him in for all kinds of things hey make a great uh uh lethal injection machine for us make a great uh a gallows that always works the best so you kind of follow through all those things should we say what happens next eric what what's the yeah next but before we do is? before we do let me like i get his point of view on the electric chair <laughs> i oh. feel you're going to be similar to me on this go <laughs> yeah so the 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 electric chair i get his point they 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 have uh the death penalty they have an electric chair that's electric chair is um, utter, it's a family show. Um, electric chair is no good. And it's, uh, whatever you think of the death penalty, I don't personally like it, but whatever you think of it, 
that's not a humane way to go. And so he wanted to, you know, as you said, he wanted to make it, if we're going to do this, let's do it. Then again, that's like saying, uh, you know what? The racism machine just isn't working to my standards. I want to make a better racist machine. Well, how about no racist machine? That's probably a better way to go. About it. Funny that you bring up racist machine. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's a segue into what else he's known for. Going to segue. I'm yeah. gonna. I'm gonna actually have to go in in a, in a second. Okay, so I'll be right back, guys. Keep All on right. talking about death. Okay. That's what he always says to us every week. Talking about death. Okay. death. <laughs> so yeah. So he gets basically this kind of weird sub notoriety as this guy, and then this Holocaust denier <laughs> who is on trial in Canada decides. Well, who else would be better to uh, employ? to prove that the Holocaust didn't happen and that there was no Jews that were ever killed in gas chambers definitely couldn't have happened the way they said that was totally a lie. Um, Hey, Mr. Leichter, go fly off to Auschwitz or it was Auschwitz. I think it was Auschwitz. He went to go fly off and, uh, and do your quote scientific study. I had a lot of quotes in this thing and uh, prove, prove that it didn't happen. So I get off of this trial. And thus, the rise and fall of Fred A. Leuchter Jr. Boy, this guy is a piece of work. <laughs> I don't know, man. His scientific method mm, was yes. to go take uh, go to these places. And the weird thing is, that doesn't prove whether the Holocaust happened or not. Right. All that proves is that there wasn't cyanide in the center of... Like, like So, he's, he's taking samples out of these gas chambers. Illegally. Yeah. And, and they're, well, legally, illegally, as long as you find the truth, I'm cool with it, you know, whatever. But that's not what they do. He's, he takes samples out of the, out of the bricks and gives them to, gives them to scientists to find. Actually, if I saw that correctly, they didn't tell them what they were looking for. Scientists yeah, well, were the like, problem because then they uh, ended up- I, I guess we'll, I guess we'll look at it. Cool. No cyanide says it right here. And then one of the scientists is like, Okay. See, you didn't say that. <laughs> if you told us we were looking for cyanide, we wouldn't have crushed them and looked in the center of the thing because cyanide is not going to penetrate that far. It's going to be on the surface, and we don't know where the surface is because we don't know where you took this from. Like, yeah. we need it, it'd be like me handing you a stack of papers and go, "Hey, Bruce, go," and then you're going to look at this stack of papers, go, "Uh, what?" And <laughs> yeah, and I'm already gone. And then I come back and go, "So, Bruce, what'd you find?" I'm like. Well, I read this one thing, and it's about uh, about like pipes. I guess I don't know. Oh, you didn't find anything about elephants? Nope. <laughs> I knew it, and then I leave. And you're like, "What was that all about?" That's kind yeah. of the scientific method here, which is pretty dumb. And a lot of the stuff that this uh, Fred A. Leuter guy, like, this is the weird part about this guy with the uh, with the uh, electric chair. I get. I get why he's doing that with the uh, Holocaust denying stuff. Like I get why he's doing that. He wants to go in. And it's like, well, if that's, if that's what they think, we're going to go and prove them wrong. But the thing is his methods of doing things are boneheaded and backwards and mostly stupid. Yes. And, and we've talked about this in other forms. Being stupid isn't inherently wrong. You know, people are stupid about a lot of things, but certain things, if you're stupid about it and you go about it wrong, it has real world effects on people and really hurts people and really hurts society. The, the idea that, oh, 
uh, we did a bad science experiment, couldn't find what we were looking for. Therefore, the Holocaust didn't happen. Uh, there's video, dude. There's bones. There's graves. There's mass graves. There's more than just your stupid science ex- misplaced science experiment. Yeah, this is a great documentary. It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> the only thing that this documentary didn't do is, I, I don't know, we'll, we'll rate it here in a second, but the only thing this documentary didn't do for me was it didn't do that extra step, which the extra step should have been like, why did you employ this guy? What, I wanted to see them talk to the people who were all around this guy and giving him the power. Because part of the problem was this stupid guy, like you talk about, he is stupid. And he's given power in this little, this weird arena, the kind of a life of death arena. And people are giving him that power. So that's yeah. part of the story that isn't really dealt with too much. But it's they still could- a really interesting documentary about this guy. They kind of did, though, because, well, at least the way he described it is uh, we need an expert in. And this is actually one of the few things he wasn't stupid about. I think he was bang on about this was uh, the reason they came to him is like they want me to build a lethal injection machine because they built the electric chair. Well, that's stupid because the yeah, I I understand the electricity and how that works. So I can build an electric chair just because I can build that method of destruction doesn't necessarily mean I can build another one, but who else are going to go to? Because I'm, I'm the guy, you know, like, and so, and, and that also, uh, really illustrates the, uh, um, you know, the fallacy appeal to, uh, uh, authority. Yeah. Appeal to authority. You yep. can't always appeal to authority because how do you know you got the authority? Yep. In this in this case, they didn't. They thought they did because oh, you deal with death, uh, gas chamber in Auschwitz. That's a death. That's that's an execution. So you should be an expert in that. No, he's not, and it, it, it just damn well proves that. Uh, you know, watching his methods on trying to figure it out. Now, I I think his I think his heart was in the right place. Like I don't think he set out to be a holocaust denier but again just uh, yeah yeah it's a mess <laughs> the, the, the guys and also at the same time it also delves into uh uh freedom of speech which i do agree with their take on that because you know you shouldn't you shouldn't have to go to prison because you said a thing sometimes i'd like that to happen but i think uh you know if you're the the trouble with that is if uh you say the wrong thing, you go to prison. Okay, we agree with that. Uh, Holocaust denying, that's the wrong thing. If you say the wrong thing, you go to prison. What happens when someone is in charge that doesn't agree with you? Yep. And you get you get put in prison for saying the Holocaust did happen. You know, So it's best just to kind of just blanket freedom of speech. But yeah, this, man, this was a fantastic documentary. Okay, so that was Mr. Death, The Rise and Fall of Fred A. Leuchter Jr. Where did you guys see it? What's the streaming on options? AMC Plus. Yeah. AMC yeah. Plus. That's where you guys saw it. Okay, AMC Plus. What did you give it, Eric? Did you already say what your, your rating is on that? I already put in five stars. I mean, it's five star pretty banger. obvious. Okay, pretty obvious. Bruce, what's I'm, your rating? I'm a little lower. I'm four stars. But either way, this is a, a pretty pretty interesting and cool documentary. Okay, so that is the box pick, Mr. Death, The Rise and Fall of Fred A. Leuchter Jr., you can see it on streaming on AMC Plus. Wow, Eric, five stars, and Bruce, four stars. That wraps it up. But before we go, we're going to have to shake that box one more time to see if I'm actually going to join Eric and Bruce for next week's box pick. It depends. I don't know. Yeah, we don't How do know. I feel? Biosphere. Biosphere. Box. Pick right. Biosphere again. Biosphere again. <laughs> Biosphere. I still Somehow I put it in the past <laughs> into the future. Yeah. Um, okay. I've never seen this movie 
It is Beasts of the Southern Wild from 2012. Beasts of the who who did it? Was it just someone else? You don't uh, you didn't write I it down? Don't know. Beasts of the this. Southern this might Wild might have just been one I added. Sometimes I just add one. So okay, Beasts of the Southern Wild is the movie that Bruce and Eric and possibly me. I would not. Uh, trust my uh, my my attendance record on these box these box picks, but Beast of the Southern Wild is our box pick for next week. Thank you, Bruce, and of course Eric for watching these movies. And uh, I I can say I saw it years ago, but I didn't. I still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen that movie. I've heard so many good things about that. So okay, that's it. Before we go, we'll just remember the lesson spoiler discussion. We're going to be talking about that in the second for our Cinematics Patreon, Cinematics Plus on our Apple Podcasts, Cinematics Patreon five dollars a month gets you the spoiler stuff. And I do sound like an ad pitchman. Anything before I go, Eric Holmes? Yes, yeah, so a couple things. Um, next week, we'll be talking about the documentary Lakota Nation versus the United States. I may or may not be as excited about that as I was about Mr. Death. We will talk about that next week. But it, it was uh, coming out in theaters July 14th. And you can go to their website, www.lakotanation.com versus that's l-a-k-o-t-a-n-a-t-i-o-n-v-s-u-s dot movie and also uh we will be talking about the movie the flood and i got interviews with uh brandon slagle and uh the director of the flood and actors lewis mandalore and nikki whalen and i'm actually interviewing lewis mandalore tomorrow and nikki whalen on monday and uh, I already uh, interviewed Brandon Slagle, and those will be on the uh, cinematics or find your film somewhere sometime soon. Very good. Very good work, Eric, on these interviews. Final thoughts from Bruce Perky. I would just say, if you haven't listened to the episode of Middle Class Film Class Trivia Contest that Eric is on, you need to listen to that right away. At, well, no. After you listen to our episode, then go yeah. listen to that. <laughs> but you're yeah. at the end of it right now, right? So you're ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, very good. We will see you next week. That's I apologize, guys, for just coming in and out of this. So like, a, you know what, out of hell. So I apologize, Cinematics episode 197. Thank you, Eric Holmes. Thank you, Bruce Perky, for actually commandeering this episode and doing a really, really good job. It's, I don't know about the biosphere or wonderful ratings you gave it, but, you know, I want to hear that. Yeah, so I'm very logical. Hey, hey, Oh boy, oh boy, Eric Holmes loves it. Eric Holmes loves it. So maybe listen, Eric Holmes. We'll see you guys in the here next week. See you.